Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. My name is not the architect. It is Jordan Mole. Um, it's a podcast. I, I would insult my the people on here. I'm not that guy because I'm a nice guy. Uh, with us today, we do have Joseph, everybody, and we got Charles. Thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring the podcast. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing excuse right. me, I gotta eat, I gotta eat this. I, I've Finished the recording, jumped onto this, hadn't had time to eat anything yet, so hope you guys don't mind a little ASMR. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Just it's hanging like, out here with you guys. <laughs> it's like watching a Bulbasaur to eat his first leaf. <laughs> um, man, it's it's been it's been a week. Um, like like I mentioned, um, the architect's not here. He has some family matters to attend to. Um, that I mean, I feel like it is a perfect time to also say this. Uh, unfortunately, the architect's not here, but the next few weeks, I won't be here. Uh, there's personal issues going on. I'll actually be taking a long step back. Um, not going to be permanent. It's going to be for a little bit, though. Uh, just a lot of family issues going on, a lot of safety issues that we all need to worry about. So... I'm going to st- take a step back. Luckily, I have a great team. I'll still post like TikToks and stuff like that because it's so much easier to do on your phone. Just get them out real quick. I'll, I'll still do shorts and stuff, but um, that's not going to stop our development, our creatability, though, um, because there's a, we have some talented content creators. Uh, Charles makes a bunch of, uh, of YouTube videos on Call of Duty Destiny or his brother uh, practically peeing himself most days. <laughs> um, and then we also, you know, Joseph, you know, uh, he has a uh, podcast uh, that, you know, talks about business also on YouTube. So you guys are going to have content for as much as you guys want. So uh, I'm, o- I'm okay with that. But um, so we do have James, luckily the architect, uh, gave us some pre uh pre stuff to talk about today um that honestly is is super hard to decide on what to talk about first so let's just let's bring up one of the first stories alan awake and final fantasy 7 are being remaked and coming to the pc so with that being said um it looks like they are coming to pc uh it was announced um the, okay, for the people listening to the podcast, just know I literally got to read this about five minutes ago. <laughs> so don't <laughs> judge too hard. Uh, the architect has weeks to look at this stuff. Um, but yeah, they're uh, all they're doing right now is just trying to make sure Epic Game Store uh, has everything in line and everything else. It looks like it's coming to Epic Games. It doesn't look like Steam. Um, so that's actually going to be interesting. So out of those two games, uh, what are you guys like? What are you guys feeling about them bringing? those two games back, but also not bringing any other, like, these are the only two that are being talked about. So what are you guys' opinions on that? Uh, Charles, you can go first. Alan Wake is a game, I remember when it came out, like, years freaking ago, and, like, everybody and their mother was losing their minds over this game that was into that kind of thing. And then I remember it, like, disappeared for, like, the longest time, but people still played it. And I think it got a sequel. I don't know. I don't follow that game. Um, it's Neat that they, that um, these developers still remember this game and that people are actually going to get to play it on PC that like the game. And mm-hmm. as far as Final Fantasy VII goes, 
as long as it doesn't run like shit and actually is as good as it is on PS4 and PS5, or mostly PS5 because apparently it has graphical problems, but that's nothing new with any game. And when it gets brought to PC, then I think that game is going to be just as good, good as it was on you know the PlayStation consoles and everything. And I've actually been saving myself from watching anything for the integrated DLC that they came out with for Seven because I was waiting for somebody to watch on Twitch to play it. I, I don't do that. The commitment. <laughs> Love the commitment. Uh, Joseph, what about you? Yeah, I, I was I was getting through this article. Um, Thank you. So it says, uh, back in April, Games Beat's Jeff Grubb stated that an Alan Wake sequel was in the works at Remedy. Um, and this was back in April. So uh, the, pre the previous uh, game was a 2010 release. So coming up on, uh, what, like 11 years mm -hmm. uh, before this game came out. And I think... What we have here are two examples of a port that is good for the overall health of gaming and another, not so much. So I think the Alan Wake port to PC is a good one because there's a, there's a lot of games that came out, I would say, especially in like the Xbox, Xbox 360 range where there was a lot of original ideas that didn't get a sequel that could have gotten a sequel and could really stand to use some of the attention that um, we now have because we now we have streaming. We have a lot more ways to, to share game content. Uh -huh. So Alan Wake is one of them. Um, one of the ones that comes to my mind as well is a game like Freedom Fighters. You guys ever heard of Freedom Fighters? Um, no. Was that a flight, uh, like kind of like a pilot game or no? No, no definitely maybe. not. Um, with Freedom Fighters, uh, I'm I'm going out on my way to sidetrack. By the way, because this is one of those episodes where we need where we could use some detours. I'll um, go Freedom, with that. <laughs> Freedom Fighters is IO Interactive, uh, same fellas who made Hitman. Uh, Y'all can fact check me on that. We're talking like ten years, ten years ago, Joseph mm -hmm. Memory, and it was an urban combat shooter where um, Russia invades the U.S. and uh, you're just like a random schlub, a, pl a plumber, who slowly uh, starts to become the leader figure in uh, in this resistance. And gameplay-wise, you had up to 12 uh, computer-controlled allies. Very simple commands, like, you, go in the way in the corner there. You, get that gun. You do this, you do that. And, and it was just a lot of fun, because there were some strategies, there was some action. Your allies were actually useful. I love it when I have useful AI allies, because mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 it makes the developers make the enemies that much harder to beat. So you really know that the enemies are giving it their all. And yeah, that game never got a sequel. They marketed it as much as they could market any original idea at the time. So games like that, games like Alan Wake, uh, games like The Saboteur, um, the, I, I would have to go through my library. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch of games that could... could you, you port them over to the PC, uh, texture upgrades, um, HD update, new resolution, uh, polish up what you can, maybe some gameplay adjustments, and all of a sudden you might have a, a franchise that's getting a second chance at life. So it's a very positive thing. On the other hand, Final Fantasy, I don't think it fits as a PC game. No. It's clearly a, a couch experience. It's, uh, it's largely about the storytelling. Um, Video Game Donkey puts it um, eloquently mm -hmm. where he says uh, you know in I think it's like in the original 
God, I can't remember his exact comparison, but some some games you you grind something to do the part you enjoy. So in in that game, you grind the cutscenes so that you can enjoy the boss battles. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget. You just watch the video on it. He he explains it better than I do. And there's two reasons. So that's the first reason why I don't really care for it because I don't think it's really suited for that. I would have to like get a a streaming device, stream it onto my TV, so I can sit on the couch and play it with a controller as intended. And the second reason is because everybody knows that game isn't done. So why bother? You know, Matt, I, I think that they could actually lose uh, sales in the long run if people aren't committed to getting uh, and to get into getting all of them. So I guess if it were me, I would just wait until like the full series is done. And then they can release it all as once as a complete package uh, on the PC. And I think that's a much better value proposition for a fan base that I don't think is as um, devoted to it as the Sony fan base are. Mm -hmm. Seven, it's going to take a long-ass time to get all the content that was in that game out. Because that game in the PS1 was like seven discs. Mm -hmm. And they literally just got done with just like one part of it, the game. They still got a shit ton more to do. And then, in the case of the Freedom Fighters, that to me sounds like called freaking Mario meets like freaking... Home for it or something. <laughs> yeah, like I guess like the, the New York plumbers, it's hard not to <laughs> uh, draw comparisons to Super Mario, but uh, it really is like a, a game unlike any other. And I cannot wait, but I will have to, for that game to get a second chance. So I'm, I'm hoping to see more second chances like the one for Alan Wake. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm super excited to see the possible chance of another Alan Wake. And without any spoilers, and I'm, I really wanted to sit there and spoil the hell out of this game because the, the game was so beautiful to play. And I say that, their cutscenes, their animation they did for it, the graphics, and this was on the Xbox 360. The, the effects the game had was already magnificent. Now they're remastering it. That means they're going to give it a nice uh, visual upgrade. Um, so it's going to be beautiful. And without spoiling too much of the game, there's so many like little tiny pieces of crumbs they can give us to give us a new game. And I think this will be a good, um, like, like Joseph said, a good kind of kickstart to get a new sequel coming up to it. Um, and Final Fantasy, I kind of agree. I know they do have a few of them released on Steam um, that you can uh, download and play. Um, but I still think for a game that already has that devotion, like you, you sit down, you play a game, you can tell like if it's a, if it's a, I'm going to sit down and stream this game, or this is a game I'm going to sit down and just play and have fun. Final Fantasy, I feel like is a game you sit down, you know you have a couple hours to kill, you get on your couch. It's it's not a high intensity focused game. That's why I love Legend of Dragoon. It's not a game that I can stream. It's a sit down, lean back, grab your Cheetos, and just play. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. So the fact they're bringing this up, eh. I'm not as excited. I think I'm just really excited for Alan Awake. That was the first game I've ever got 100% of the achievements on. Nice. So I was like, yeah, I got it. I, have, I completed my first game. Um, and it was one of the you know, first games on the 360 that I got to choose to kind of get me in the horror. 
Um, and I remember playing it, and I had so much commentary while I was playing it. Well, I wasn't recording. I was just like, oh, dude, why are you doing it? Snow, look at the light. Look at the light. I uh, made a bunch of God references. Um, that's <laughs> not important, but <laughs> a lot of it has to do with a flashlight in the game. Without a flashlight, you're dead, okay? All I can really say is the story without killing it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be super exciting uh, with the gra graphic updates. The remastered, we've seen good ones. What What is a good remastered game? Like, for graphics, details, everything else. What was a game that was remastered that they did such a great job with? Okay, for... Sorry, go ahead, Charles. And I like... I, when the first time I got to play through Halo 2 remastered, I, I played that game, like, a shit ton of times on the original Xbox. And Jordan, you've seen what the original graphics for Halo 2 looks mm -hmm. like. So you can, and you played it with me when we did our normal and when we went to that freaking PTSD-inducing freaking legendary playthrough. Yep. Freaking, and even, and um, that game just looks so freaking amazing in the newer graphics. I just hated that they took out all the music that I liked in it and they replaced the music like the instrumental version of Blow Me Away and the remastered version. But that's why I'm glad they let us switch back to the original graphics because I can listen to that song mm -hmm. and I can freaking just mow down freaking Covenant while freaking headbanging. So I will I will state with that one, the reason they did that was due to copyright. Because when Halo was first announced, they didn't really care about copyright issues. Um, and then whenever um, the two remastered got made, they knew copyright was a thing because we had streamers out and everything else. They could not do that and expect them not to get hurt by it because copyright was always a thing. It hasn't just been something that started this year or last year. It's been going on. So I know that's yeah. one of the reasons. But Halo 2 did a really good job with their remastered. But I also feel like they did a good job, but they also changed a lot of the game when they did it. And there's so many uh, good points in a bunch of the Easter egg videos you can watch where... A guy's walking on nothing because in the first one you could walk up a place and you switch graphics and Master Chief's just walking on air. He is now the god we pray to. I mean, like, he, he's walking on nothing. So, I mean, there's there's some issues. I feel like they really kind of redid the game versus doing the remastered effects. Question. So, yeah. Ar Arth and I, we just finished playing through Halo 2 on Legendary. Oh, on Twitch. And, yeah. Well, not like just finished. Uh, I think it was like three or four weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I hated it. It was so exceedingly difficult. Uh, and Arthur was saying that they had actually like artificially increased the difficulty for Legendary. Yep. You guys are probably the most Halo-rific people I know, so I can't. There's nobody else I can really ask. But why did they? What 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 was? I assume you guys played Legendary when it was originally Halo Two. Yeah, and I, I assume that you tried Legendary again in the remaster. So, did you guys play? Do you guys remember from your Legendary playthrough initially? Like, was there anything that it was lacking that they needed to change, or what? What, what were they thinking? I don't get it. I know one thing: those jackal snipers can go to fucking hell. So. Yep. I know the one thing that they did have to change was that it wasn't as hard. Like, the Halo 2, because I started Halo 3. Halo 3 was the first one I played, but I didn't immediately get the anniversary uh, Halo 2 or the remastered. I went back to play the original. The big thing that I know that I feel like they changed 
was the intelligence of the grunts. Um, the what the grunts actually do. I know they definitely changed that because before, if you would kill an elite, a grunt wouldn't pull out a grenade going, it's time to die. On the original, they didn't do that as much versus the remastered. As soon as the main elite dies, all the grunts go into suicidal mode. And uh, I know they changed that. and But I didn't feel like they needed to, but it was easy. And I hate to say that. They made Halo 2, the original, easier to beat in legendary mode because they were trying to find that difficult feel. It is still being, to this day, I, I checked the achievement guides. Me and Charles are only like 6% of the people who play Halo who's gotten the achievement for beating in legendary mode. So Does that game, even on the original version, people still say to this day, it was freaking irritatingly mm -hmm. hard to beat on legendary. Mostly because yeah. of those fucking jackal sniper bastards. The yeah. The jackal snipers, the force, if one person dies, it kicks you back to the checkpoint, not let someone stay alive and respawn. The skull, that puts the, the skull that does that is automatically turned on in the remaster, and I think mm -hmm. also the original version too, yeah. and that's bullshit. Yeah. Now, what I, the, the idea that had surfaced from all of what we had endured in Halo 2 Legendary was this idea of a combat puzzle where it's not like high octane just trying to like you know use a rely on reflexes it was like okay so there's this guy up here he's got the sniper rifle this guy's got the rocket launcher these guys are going to come in understanding the beats and then figuring out the move the counter moves to i guess resolve the puzzle mm -hmm. and what i think they the reason why they achieved this at least some of the time with that level of difficulty was because it was very clear what not to do yeah. don't poke your head out this guy will shoot you don't go to the left this guy will shoot you and so yeah. they were trying to do like a trial and error thing. So once in a while, I enjoyed the idea of it being a combat puzzle. Um, but for the most part, I just was just blah. Disgusted. Blah. Yeah, I was, just, I, was, I was just disgusted, really. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Those parts that weren't that bad, but some of the enemies were just freaking irritatingly difficult to deal with. Especially uh, when we had yeah. to deal with freaking the Prophet of Regret. That guy, normally it's freaking easy as hell to beat. But on Legendary, he can go to fucking hell! That was that was the first time I've ever experienced uh, Charles's immediate, I don't want to do this switch. Like, I, I remember playing it, and Charles was all up for it. We get to the boss, we die like four times. And then Charles' meter went from, let's do this, to... <sighs> So that's all it turned into is just Charles hyperventilating the whole time. And it, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, is like, cool. It's a memory, but I mean, they, they definitely upped some difficulty, uh, with Halo 2 remastered, but I mean, with Halo 2 being on the 360, that do kind of slide us into the, the next subject oh, is, oh, oh, hold on. I yeah, didn't, um, I, I didn't answer your question about oh, yeah. what I, yeah. yeah, I was, I was chambering that. Ooh, I'm, on my, I'm on my podcast brain today. Um, You're detouring. <laughs> I, 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 I was trying to think of a better answer than this, but I couldn't think of one. Um, and I and I don't even think it's the best uh, 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 that there is, but the idea behind it is good. So they, re, they sort of updated Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask from Nintendo 64 when they re-released it on the 3DS. Um, the visuals got uh, uh, a, a, uh, an extra coat of paint 
They made some quality of life improvements, like it was easier to access items. Um, certain items, you'd have to go to the pause menu, pull out the boots, close the pause menu, then take them off, because certain boots had different properties. Like, yeah, I'm getting into the whole thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I th- there was a few places, the few small things that actually drove me crazy. One of them is that there was this running animation where if Link has his uh, sword and shield out, the way he runs, he swings his... Uh, arm like up and down when he's kind of carrying the sword kind of behind him and I've always really enjoyed that animation and they changed that and now he kind of like holds them both in front more and it's more like he's just he's just trying to make his way to the seat in a theater without spilling anything and I mean it's a, it sounds like a small thing but I see that animation a lot and when they screw up the run animation, I'm going to be focusing on that constantly. So that is a small thing, but it kind of made me dislike the the the, the remakes. But the the underlying idea, and to answer your original question, is what makes a good um, remaster is preserving the original artistic intent. Mm-hmm. If they update the visuals, if they update the um, uh, the quality of life improvements, that's all well and good. But every game that's developed for a console is done so knowing what are the limitations of that architecture. And you should be using those limitations to um, influence your creativity. And and a good example of this is uh, Zelda Wind Waker. Um, So they went with an ocean motif because it made it easy for them to load islands. Because the islands would start off as like a, a, a sprite, a black sprite. Uh, with just a silhouette, it would come into view, and then it would they would fully render it at long last once once the person arrives. And the visuals was, was quite effective. And so it was it was made to be a GameCube game. And if I were to play that game on a new system, I want to appreciate the architecture of the time. And so uh, it, it's kind of a double edged sword because let's just say they like they update it for like two consoles from now, three consoles from now. Even, they could update the graphics all they want. They could update the quality of life improvements all they want. But it will still feel and play like a GameCube game. Mm-hmm. And and th- and that's and that's I think one of the major challenges. I don't think it's that big of a problem on the PC because PC has such like a there's no real rule to a PC mm-hmm. other than just exist. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what I think makes it makes it good. Something an example of a game I'd love to see an HD update to would be like the original like Resident Evil two and three. You know, they redid Resident Evil One because even though it was a PS One game, it they they just had their rules and they stuck to it. Like walk down the hallways, turn around slowly, move your character like a tank. I love to see them uh, paint over Resident Evil Two and paint over Resident Evil Three the way they did for Resident Evil One. But mm-hmm. we're not going to get that because they went in a different direction. Yeah, probably the next best thing just recreate the game with new architecture. There's yeah, and that's thing... yeah. Go Final Fantasy Seven as well. Um... Another thing that I liked about the Halo 2 remaster is, Jordan, you know the cutscene when we meet the Gravemind? In the original Halo version of Halo 2, he looked like a giant Venus flytrap. Oh, yeah. The remaster of Halo 2, he's this freaking scary-ass freaking monster that like, freaking make you shit your pants if you've never played the game as much as we have. I was like, holy shit, you look so much better in the new graphics, buddy. <laughs> See... I, I agree. Like, Halo 2, they did a great job, especially at the time. Like, when you can grab a game like Halo 2 with the uh, remastered and be able to face it against our graphics we have today, great job. I mean, that was that was great. 
but I will also say to to also like tag on with Joseph, like Resident Evil, they're, Capcom's doing a great job at finally starting to open up and listen to the community and figure out what the fans want to see more of. Um, and they kind of, people said Resident Evil 4, that was like the standard, what people want to see more of. So when they're remastering Resident Evil 2, they brought the the Resident Evil side of everything, but they made it into Resident Evil 4 format. Because that did so great, they did the same with 3, and 3 is where it really went downhill, because it had nothing to do with the campaign. I'm not going to spoil it, because I know, um, I don't, I just don't want to spoil anything. So, Resident Evil 3 did a terrible job, and I'll honestly say this, and I played it a ton, did a terrible job with how it's supposed to be. There's so much stuff that you played the original Nemesis versus this one, you, you, no clock tower. That's all I can say, and people get so outraged. So, but versus Resident Evil 2, you bring up any part in there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, because you would go down, yeah, I get it. So, if they, I want them, and unfortunately, like just said, it's not going to happen, but I would like them to do what they did with number one, just repaint over it exactly the way it is. Yeah, for consoles, give us some easy achievements like the one did. Give us that kind of feel to it still. That's what I would love to see in more remastered. If they paint over. Don't redo. Paint over. If you know a part that is glitchy or broken, redo. But for the most part, paint over. That's what a remastered should be. Is a paint over, not a destroy and rebuild. That's a that's mm -hmm. just a new game. That's just a new game. That's all it is. And that's and that's another thing, because I just thought about it. I was when they announced that they're coming out with a remaster of the original Borderlands that we played together, Jordan. Mm -hmm. I freaking was happy as heck because when I played the remaster, it looked freaking hella better than what it does in the original version on 360. And they had quality of life improvements like the shift thing. They took they added in the Borderlands 2 radar that was so much better than that freaking digital whatever the hell it was that they had mm -hmm. the original. And um, there's even at points there was extra dialogue that wasn't in the original, like from. The first time you hear from Commandant Steel after you um, leave the safe house that Sledge had after you kill the um I forget what his name is like one of the first bosses like it's like the one we had to go to a different area where you fought Mo and Marley and then they get the keys to Sledge's mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, um there was like um, Steel had like extra dialogue that she was telling you like that you should pick up on her warning about you that you should turn yourself in any information or artifacts that you had. In, the time and which wasn't in the original version because I know I played that thing like Nordmar on the 360, and um I like I said I liked the remaster of Borderlands one a lot too because it, it looked a lot better than the original version. It had so many different quality of life improvements to the game that made it even better. Yeah, and that's and also the they destroy best... a boss fight was slightly changed but not much. But see, it's like things like that can make a remastered version actually feel like the remastered of a game, not like. I hate to say it, the Halo 2. They 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 did not make it Halo 2. They broke down everything and re, like they didn't paint over. They didn't touch up. They just redid the whole game. Different stories, uh, storylines, different character acting, like so much stuff just changed with the game. Still fun. Highly recommend. If you aren't a Halo fan, play two or three. That should get you going with it. Um, just get used to not running. <laughs> Um, yeah, we didn't get sprint till Halo Reach. Uh, yeah, but Halo Reach, that is one I do not... Like, I had Brittany play Halo Reach. <sighs> she After that, she did not want to play Halo ever again. So, you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone to start with Halo Reach. Um, but 
Uh, did I think that's I think we pretty much covered uh, the remastered segment. Um, so with that also being said, though, we do have uh, we do have a story here uh, from Rock- Rockstar. Um, now this one is should not be as big of a surprise, but it is a little surprise to me because Rax not Rockstar. I don't know why I keep trying to say Rockstar. Rockstar <laughs> is uh, shutting down servers for GTA Online this year. So, shut your mouth. (laughs) So, uh, Rockstar has announced they're shutting down the online servers um, later this year. Now, this is the big thing, is PlayStation 4 and Xbox One will not be shutting down. The only ones that will be is PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 versions. Now, we should have all seen this coming a while ago. I mean, no one's really using them. But what surprised me the most is... Every time Sony does anything touching the three or the PlayStation 3, they back out last minute. So every single time something happens with the PlayStation 3 or the 360, it stops and people back out. So, but you said so every time Sony does that. Every um, time however, Sony this does is, that. But this is Rockstar making the decision. Mm-hmm. So it's a different company now, and you have. The PlayStation and the Xbox uh, are both affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is going to uh, break from the pattern that you've established there. Um, and also, respectfully, I understand that whether you're a YouTuber or you're a writer on a website, uh, that you may want to make a headline article or the, art, the, the headline for the article um, seem appealing. And you want to get people to click on it? I understand. And what he said here is technically true. However, it's very clearly misleading people to think that it's going to also involve the current generation consoles, PlayStation yep. 4 and Xbox One. Um, so for for uh, the writer here to say, now before you start to panic, well, who's responsible for that, I wonder? I've I um, seen that. I've, I like I, how they wrote that out. Before you yes. panic, it's like, you wrote it! <laughs> I, I very rarely uh, want to call other people out because I don't think the writer here is even particularly at fault. I think there's just this... Um, large-scale, I guess, tension or pressure in order to make things more clickbaity. Mm-hmm. So it's not this guy's fault. It's This is just a problem with the ecosystem. I don't like it, and I don't feel bad about not liking it. That's all I have to say about the headline. Yeah, this was just one of those things where it was just clickbait for people to click on the article and everything. And you wonder why people don't freaking believe half the shit that comes out of video game related freaking news articles from Kotaku that nobody believes that shit. Or IGN. See, now this is actually funny because this is one of the reasons I was super excited about doing a podcast like this is because of the fact I hate gaming news. Like, I hate news in general because it's just people trying to get a click and I hate the idea of that. But I love the, like, the important knowledge that we do learn. Like, I've learned so much, even from the markets to the game news and all this stuff. Like, I learned so much from a podcast like this. And so I get to look more into the gaming news. Now, I also agree with Joseph here because this is the title of 
the article. It says Rockstar is shutting down servers for GTA Online this year. Now, we've, we've seen Rockstar do this a couple of times, but it's because the servers were breaking or they're updating their servers, so they shut it down. So they used that knowledge knowing that Rockstar made this claim before and they put it on there to make people worry. But what gets me is the fact that they say, and I quote, now before you start to panic, <laughs> you control what you put on there, so... This is why I can never fully truly take communism off the table because this is what this is what free market capitalism does to us. It makes us have to play these games in order to manipulate people to come look at the articles so that we can make uh, make it their money. Man, I hate it when people do things like clickbait. It's discrimination. You should you see how bad it is on YouTube. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm very, very sorry to the writer. I do not want him to be the one thrown under the bus. I wish to throw whomsoever compels him to write such bullshit under the bus. Yeah, Nancy. <laughs> I just threw a random name out there. I just want to make that clear. Um, but so like, uh, like kind of going back uh, a little bit more towards the beginning, uh, like you kind of stated is that Sony or Xbox cannot pull out of this. This is something that Rockstar is doing. But with the past of knowing, like, they wanted to do something that gets taken down, why do you think Rockstar is now shutting down this? I mean, because I imagine if they're shutting down servers, that means there's still people playing on the servers that they need to announce this. So that's what kind of tweaks my curiosity. So why are they deciding now to do this? If they're making money off these people... I guarantee. Well, I, I okay. I understand. But, then, but you don't subscribe to because you're not subscribed to like GTA Online. You're subscribed to yeah. the um, to the online uh, server. And I guess this is now diminishing the value proposition. So as these companies pull out, it makes it less appealing for Sony to maintain it because people have less incentive to play. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, all in all, I'm not affected by this at all, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be affected by this, um, because... I'm people still play on those systems. See, I actually, I'm going to hunt down a 360, because there's so many games that were only made for the 360 that are not backwards compatible, and I'm a whore for achievements, so I will go back and play those games like crazy. Um, I still have games I like playing on 362, but the 360 mm -hmm. I have, it can overheats after a short period of time, especially if I'm trying to do some of my wrestling games, so... I, I would still play uh, retro games on pretty much any console. My my major limiting factor is that I can't be arsed constantly, like you know, oh, unplug and plug back the consoles. Mm -hmm. That's that's the, my my limiting factor. Yeah, no, I still think this is the best freaking handheld that's ever been made, and I and that's why I still have one of these damn things. You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree with you because honestly, the Nintendo 3DS because. You could play a lot of... I'm pretty sure the 3DS, or it was just the DS. You could play the Game Boy games and still play the newer games on it. And you could access the internet. Um, wasn't yeah. a great time on the internet, but you could access the internet and stuff like that. Um, I need to get a DS again. I need... Because I want to get, like, freaking the Pokemon games for that that came out on there. And I still need to get a 3DS freaking... This is the thing about me that I freaking hate. I'm always late to shit, whether it be by my own <laughs> yeah. by some reason or by freaking shit, it's not my fault. 
Uh, you know what? And 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 publishers put pressure on players to adopt to the content sooner rather than later, uh, for fear of missing out Mm -hmm. to the point where these servers will actually be removed, and then you can't do it anymore. Um, I, I, I'm also, I just to say that I think, I think the best handheld, um, at least as far as Nintendo is concerned, is the 3DS. Yes! Uh, 2DS, 2DS is great, uh, but the 3DS, they truly nailed it. And it's still uh, a worthy contender to this day. I mean, technically the Switch is a handheld as well, so I wanted to pull that card. I don't think it's more like its own console, personally. Like, and that's yeah, the thing I is, mean, too. I can hold it in my hand, but I... I mean, I can hold my PC in my hand. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I if I put the the Game Boy Advance SP, or I do I plug the Game Boy player in, and then now the Game Boy now is a console. Uh, who who cares? Well, I mean, as long as we're all having fun. Now the, the Nintendo Switch is a handheld console. Like that is what they made it to be, and then they made the HDMI adapters for streamers. So, and I know it was made all at once, but the original idea had nothing to do with the little dock system it has. That was made because of they knew people would want to stream and everything else. So, that's why that's made. But, it is a handheld, but I don't own one, so I can't say it's my personal favorite. I'm planning to, especially if I'm about to be over the road uh, with my girlfriend. You know what? I need... I need games, okay? I yeah. can't be yeah, without like, games. I, I've, I've owned an, every Nintendo console's... Well, not everyone. There's some miscellaneous ones I, I couldn't get into, but mm-hmm. um, all the serious ones since the Nintendo 64. And the Switch is by far their best system. Okay. Yeah. Call, it, call it handheld, call it console, whatever you want. It is by far um, the best best library of games. Um, of, of just the value of being able to use it on the go as well as at home. Uh, it the and the only I guess real downside to it is that it doesn't have the same like HD uh, graphics as the uh, as the most recent Xbox and the most recent PlayStation, but but we don't care. We it's it's okay. We're we'll, I I think the majority of Nintendo fans have a PC as well, so that mm-hmm. they can have their their cake and eat it too. Yeah, and I mean with the uh, okay. I'm gonna get a little techy and nerdy here, but the smaller your screen, the less the quality has to be. Because even if you have a 4K game and your monitor for this tiny little, you know, Nintendo is only a 60 refresh rate, it's all packed down in there. Those megapixels are getting smushed up. It's gonna look amazing. So you don't have to have the highest quality of graphics and everything else because all your pixelations are gonna be so compressed. So it's gonna look amazing on it, even as a handheld. But the Nintendo Switch seems to be like, I'm like the top dog because it's a console, it's a handheld. You can bring it on the road. You could bring it to a hotel, invite your friends over, the guy next door, invite him over, hand him a controller, play a multiplayer game with it. You can't do that with like Nintendo 3DS. You can't sit there, break it in half, and give someone else the other piece and saying, well, let's. I guess put this thing back together, you know, you can't do that versus the Switch. You disconnect your controllers and you hand them to your buddy. You guys can now play something together. I mean, that's that's a cool experience. So Switch right now is like on top and that's why I'm going to get one. But um, so far, nowhere in my area has them for sale still. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm also waiting for uh, Charles to send me some uh, NASCAR tickets because apparently he lives next to the situation. <laughs> so I'm waiting for it. 
I, I let it go about four times this podcast, and I was like, nah, nah, call it now. I don't want someone to listen to the podcast driving on the road and to just start freaking out going, oh my god! <laughs> so we're going to sit there and think they're getting driven off the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's what's going on with the Rockstar uh, situation uh, here, and then... Uh, I know, I know. Charles wanted to uh, bring up one of his stories, so Charles, I'll let I'll let you take this one away. Uh, you can pick one. Oh, I had a couple. One I posted on the Discord, and one that I had didn't because it was just something I wanted to talk about. But I did share with another friend, and one that happened when I was on my home way from home from work. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that I love freaking all elite wrestling. It's my favorite wrestling promotion that's going on right now, and you guys know that because I pra- practically for the longest time I was freaking always either wearing an AEW shirt. I had my freaking belt with me, and um, but there's some people that take this shit so serious, and they will literally be a. F- I hate some of the shit people say about AEW just as much as the next guy, but I would not go as far as going to dock somebody on that's on Twitter that posts little freaking clips of freaking botches that happens because it's wrestling and this shit happens. Um, but this ch- freaking Twitter makes a big deal out of it, and people freaking th- like to talk shit at the promotion about it. But yet, there are people who get so butthurt about this shit. Not me, mostly. But freaking, um, there's people who get so butthurt about it that somebody went out and docks the Twitter ch- freaking thing, freaking thing account that, and also sent threats towards the dude's wife and shit. Dude. And everything, and it's like, really? You people are the reason why I get shit on freaking YouTube for this. Because I like freaking AEW, and I will die with that with this company. And yet, you guys have been going around doxing these this guy just because he posts freaking botches on his Twitter. Okay, quick thing: what is botching? When they fuck up a wrestling move, and you know, when they make it, when they can okay. obviously you see them at not hitting. So who are they supposed to be hitting? Mostly, it's usually when they fuck up a move. Okay. Like okay. when they try to go like for a hook and run, and they miss it, or a sling bait. Blade when they, or they miss it, or they doing some and they try to do something off the top rope and they like they like this far away and but it looks like when you're actually watching it it's actually closer and you have to like what you want like the internet freaking slow it down and actually look closer at this shit and there's actually people who do that like this Twitter freaking thing that does this shit but um but yeah that's pretty much what a botch is okay. or somebody fucks up on the mics freaking because they forgot their lines or something like where they they break kayfabe. Uh, no, that's actually something I wish some certain promotion would freaking do more often. WWE! Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I have, I have, a, I have a, well, I just want to say on doxing, it's, to me, it's just one of the most unconscionable things you can do that's not, like, you know, murder or armed robbery or something <laughs> along those lines. But it is just unacceptable. I mean, to, for it, it I, 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 it, it's, it, it, it Fear is, creates a lot of fear in people and their ability to use the internet as a platform to express themselves and their and their views and to and to do what it is they choose to do. So, if there, I I I know I'm being spied on. So, uh, to the government agencies that are spying on me, please do something about doxing. It's unacceptable. And uh, let's let's stop bullying. Let's let's make 2021 to stop bullying people. <laughs> That's including you, Charles. <laughs> Everyone, stop bullying. WWE, stop bullying others. No, no more fighting. Let's just cancel wrestling. It's bullying. Let's just cancel it. Let's shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, can't, it can't be done. You can't stop the bullying. <laughs> what you can't do is do the same thing they do with terrorists 
and you do counter-terrorist. So instead of being anti-bullying, we just need to encourage people to fight back against bullies. You know what? That's counter-bullying. Fair. Yeah. That, that is fair. Yeah. No matter what, always stick up for yourself. Um, you know, that that's a big thing. Um, the fact that, you know, people are calling others out is, is dumb. And I know this, this happens more than just, um, we hear it a lot with the wrestling side. We hear it a lot with sports. Um, we hear a ton with gaming. Uh, there's a bunch of toxic communities out there for, for gaming, no matter what platform you play. Uh, hell, Animal Crossing has a toxic platform. You're doing chores! <laughs> How is that toxic? But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just all ridiculous that, you know, people are... People continue to do stuff like that. Um, but, you know, just fight back. Stand up. Fight back. Um, I, I had a question for yeah. uh, Charles. Something I've been wondering about for a while. So I was only in really into wrestling for like a year of my life. Um, there was a storyline where they got this, uh, like, this, this guy was missing one of his legs. His name was Zach Gowan. And, uh, yeah, and, and, um, and Brock Lesnar... Uh, turned heel, and it, and he was and uh, Zach Gowan was forced to do a match with Brock Lesnar to you know solidify his turn. And Brock Lesnar beat up a, a you know a, a, a I don't a, a, I don't know what the term is when someone's, someone's missing only one leg. I don't know what you call that, but he beat up Zach Gowan in front of his mom. I don't think his mom knows uh, as much about kayfabe. I hope that God they told her otherwise she's gonna have a heart attack. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't think uh, I don't think this is really for me because. Yeah. Um, I, so what I was wondering is w- w- there's these other promotions that are not WWE and WWE is of course like the big dog, at least from an outsider's perspective. So what makes, what makes AEW appealing and why, like, why did it, um, uh, get into your, like, how did it get into your radar? How did it become appealing to you? And what keeps you watching that versus, um, I don't know, something bigger or something smaller. I've been watching wrestling for so long, and a lot of the guys that work for AW were guys I let to watch even before they started that promotion. Because it was literally started by the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. After a group of the guys that worked for the company uh, accepted the challenge of um, Dave Meltzer, who's a, who's a really famous art magazine writer for... Um, I forget what magazine he writes for, but he's like very big in like wrestling news thing. And it's like he made, he sent out like a challenge, like you can't sell out an arena with ten thousand pe- seats in it, and because it hasn't been done since WCW went out of business back in two thousand one. And then one of the wrestlers, Cody Rhodes, you can see this tweet. And he was like, oh, and he essentially said, I'll accept, take you up you up on your challenge. And then him, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and a bunch of the other guys from. Um, the Ring of Honor promotion and a couple of other promotions got together and held this in the NWA because amazingly that whole promotion's still going and that thing's older than WWE. But um, got together they um start they um put together this event they called All In. And, um, they held it in the I forget what arena it was, but I know I think it was like is either MSG which is Madison Square Garden or it was in like arena in Chicago. And they essentially um. Uh, over the 10,000 seats and this event was so critically acclaimed that the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony Khan came to Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny and was like, hey, you guys, if I help you guys out with funding it, you guys want to start your own wrestling promotion? And then it was like, hell fucking yes you want to! Because people, because they lit after all in, they, Cody asked that um, 
that people wanted them to do it again. And people were thinking, was like, yes, we want you guys put a freaking show on like this again. And they was, and all these guys were working for like the promotion Ring of Honor, which had been around since like the early 2000s, around the same time as WCW went out of business and a little bit afterwards. Same with TNA. But um, these guys want to bring professional wrestling back as WWE had the freaking grip on it for so long that people were just freaking sick and tired of being bored out of their minds and not like having their voices heard because freaking WWE's ran by a bunch of freaking old suits and whatever that don't listen and only want to do what they want. And it's like, the, and these guys all started AEW because this is a promotion pretty much, it's like, we hear you people, you guys want, want someone to get a push like they did with Britt Baker? We will put the damn belt on her! And um, when they announced this promotion back in 2019, on New Year's of that year, everybody lost their freaking shit about it, including me. Because I seen when they showed the... When they've made the announcement that they were doing essentially the sequel to All In, which was Double or Nothing, which is also one of the big four pay-per-views. I, I laugh because that's a perfect naming structure. And, um, they held it, they had it in Vegas, and Double or Nothing was essentially the first official under the AEW banner freaking pay-per-view that they did. And after that, things just freaking took off from there. But it all started with All In, and when they, when I seen Hangman, Cody, and the Bucks on New Year's show their phones. With the Double or Nothing logo, and Hangman showed the AEW logo. Everybody and their mother in the wrestling community, except for Jim Cornette, because fuck that old fart. They can lost their minds. And it's like, this promotion is basically going to be WWE's biggest co competition since 2001. And it kind of mm. is. It might not get a million views every week. But that's just what happens, because TNT apparently prefers basketball over the freaking promotion that's got a lot of people watching it everything. Mm. But um, AEW is essentially a promotion for the people, but that are wrestling that are wrestling fans that enjoy that kind of wrestling and enjoy these guys that are on that show. And this promotion essentially is ran by guys that um that are actually wrestle on the show because Cody, Kenny, and the Young Bucks are all executive vice presidents and they all wrestle on the show too. Oh, awesome! Well, okay, Tony, I get it. And Tony Khan was a huge wrestling fan too when he was growing up, so it, it was like a perfect get together with these guys to start this promotion. And they got some of the best guys and girls that are on that have freaking been on the wrestling scene, including guys that left WWE because they just didn't like how they're being treated over there. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, a lot of my favorite guys around there that I liked, like Kenny the and the rest of the elite, Hangman Pedro is freaking. I hope that God he wins the world title at some point. And some of the other guys that come from other promotions, like Pentagon Junior and his brother Phoenix, who wrestled on a show called Lucha Underground. Which is what happens when you take wrestling and are like a Spanish. Like TV show, one of those weird shows you sometimes see on TV, whatever, and you put those together, and that actually went for, for a few for a few years, and it was actually really fun to watch. It was a, like it makes um, Lucha Libre, which is um, Spanish, I mean Mexican wrestling, and they have their own big promotion over there in Mexico called AAA, and basically it's the version of WWE, but you know Lucha Libre mostly. And um, so I've got another question for you, if I if if it's all right. Um, yeah. Uh, just checking with Jordan, just because yeah, I, I made it my mission to hijack this podcast as much as possible. <laughs> you're doing so, you're doing a great job. I just yes. he said AAA, and all I'm thinking is he's a car service. He's like it's made by Mexicans. <laughs> so I'm just losing my mind over here. Go ahead, ask questions. Okay. <laughs> so um, 
So I remember I saw this clip. Um, uh, there was this wrestler. I don't know what promotion he was in, but his name was uh, Psycho Mike, and he did a match where he wrestled himself. And, <laughs> and, um, and he was like, he was like petting himself. He was knocking himself out, and it was like really funny to to a really creative take on on it. So I think for me to get into a wrestling promotion, I would have to get into the most batshit crazy promotion possible with the most absurd storylines that are completely inaccessible to like 99% of the world population. So what is the most batshit crazy wrestling promotion? Like the most consistently weird one. They could somehow find it anyways. There's a show that's basically all about hardcore wrestling called GCW. Or CZW, because they literally do nothing but hardcore death matches practically, like, every match. Where they're just literally beating the oh, shit ECW? out of each other. Uh, yeah, like, ECW. Oh, Extreme like Championship Wrestling. Worse. Yeah, I've seen some episodes of that. I mean, that that one is is brutal and violent, but uh, I don't ECW. I don't know if I if that's what I meant, because I was thinking more, like, absurd and weird. I was just saying that, like I said, that GCW and CZW, basically ECW, but on freaking crack. Does it, like, have, like, death matches with rings that explode and have, like, barbed wire and everything? And they're just constantly bashing each other over the head with freaking light tubes and shit. Apparently, they're trying to literally murder each other for real on those shows. Please sign me up. I don't don't know what W series you're talking about. If there's there's death upon it, let me know. (laughs) Indie scene is a weird thing, and that's why a lot of this shit doesn't usually pop up unless you find it on YouTube somewhere. Hmm. It's the whole Invisible Man thing. That's that's definitely fair. I I was as passionate about uh, something like you are wrestling. Like I can ask you almost any fact about wrestling, and you can actually tell a legitimate story about it. You can't ask me a damn thing in my life. I'm like, let's go, let's talk about it. (laughs) Like I I wish I had your enthusiasm. I like AEW because, like I said, a lot of my favorite wrestlers are there, and I just enjoy watching the storylines and everything. And I like watching the wrestlers what they do. And it's like I always thought AEW was like WCW in a way for those who watch that. But it's like it has the be- some of the best wrestlers on there. I'll take freaking what AEW does, even though when they even when they do something stupid, freaking over what WWE does, because at least AEW actually fucking listens. Mm. It actually gives people opportunities instead of burying them. Well, that's at least an upside. For those who don't know what the word burying means, basically it means just, just watch, look up Brian Zane's freaking Reign of Terror video on Triple H and you'll know what I mean because he buried so many motherfuckers, including anybody that was from WCW, thinking it was ridiculous. Okay, so uh, the fight with Logan Paul and what's his face? Who won again? That was boxing, and that was and uh. not, I don't even know. Freaking, unless you're talking about the one he had with KSI. Freaking, the KSI won both those. Okay. But if you're talking about him and Mayweather, that I don't know. I don't even think that was an official fight. It was just an exhibition. That like boxing. No, I, yeah, wrestling. I was thinking KSI because I knew it was like a rapper and uh, him had beef, and they were like, "Let's fight in the ring." And I thought it was an actual like WWE kind of ordeal fight thing. Uh, I still am pissed off that they actually dropped Logan Paul in the freaking WWE. Dude, like, I, I'm not gonna lie, he was the only reason I ever searched up the words WWE in my YouTube search history. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know, I wanted to see it go down. Uh, that was a while ago, though, but uh, man, like, you know, it's... I, I'm amazed by how much, like, 
for one, it's a show. I mean, we we all know it's a show. It's made for so, entertainment. So there are times it has gotten real. Like if there's beef between the guys, or in like CM Punk's case back in 2014 when he was, um, basically when he dropped the pipe bomb promo that he did, that was literally legit. Him just going off about the things he was mm-hmm. pissed off about, and he was just didn't like how he was being treated and everything. And he was breaking the fourth wall left and right because he mentioned. Ring of Honor, New Japan, Colt Cabana when they were still friends at the time. And he was wearing a Stone Cold T- Steve Austin t-shirt because he, he wanted to face Steve Austin, but Austin's still, you know, he's retiring and everything because of his neck. And, um, there's times where sometimes they break kayfabe and everything, if it's part of the storyline, like when Roman Reigns and John Cena had their war of words. And I personally like the YouTube version because they don't censor anything. A few times, you know, that somebody said what they weren't supposed to. But majority of the time, it is usually just them following the script or whatever. But sometimes the matches, like with Undertaker at WrestleMania, there's times where they're literally just beating the crap out of each other with freaking steel chairs and stuff. Especially him and Triple H at WrestleMania a couple of those times. They freaking, I swear, the first time I thought Undertaker was dead. There's this, uh, there's this podcast I used to uh, edit, and I, and I miss working on it because... Um, when I quit the network, I had to quit all the shows that were a part of the network. And it was called uh, Talk and Wrestling. And, uh, and the guy was pretty well connected. He, he would bring on, um, uh, not uh, like one of the first guests he had was um, Ted DiBiase. I think like this million dollar man, six million yeah. dollar man. I, I, I forget, you would think I would remember the, uh, the value part of it the most being the e-commerce guy, but whatever. And um, oh God, there's, I can't, oh, I hate myself. I'm blanking on the name of, of the guy. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to come back to him, but like his whole catchphrase is like, hey buddy. What are you? A piece of shit or something? <laughs> I wish that was my interaction with people. I wish I would just come up to them and they're like, How are you? Are you are you a piece of shit or something? Like I wish people announced me like that, be like, Yeah. <laughs> Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase was one of the best dudes that never got to hold the world title back in the eighties. Like he was supposed to, but you know, politics and all that crap back then was freaking crazy. RJ City. I found it. His name is RJ City. Hey, what are you, buddy? A piece of shit or something? <laughs> That's great. Ted uh, DiBiase, he was like, his thing was like, he had like money he would just throw around to people because his thing was everyone has a price for the million dollar man. He even had his own gimmick belt that was the million dollar championship, which is actually something they brought back in re- recently on NXT. Yeah, there was like a whole storyline where like, I think he got a referee to get plastic surgery or something so that the referee would um uh throw the match um and they and they captured the actual referee and so the guy who got the facelift was uh loyal to ted dibiase i don't know i just remember uh, him talking about a story like that but yeah the re- sorry the reason why i brought all this up was because we were mentioning kayfabe is the the golden age of wrestling was when um it was not clear what was real and what wasn't Mm-hmm. No one really knew for sure. Um, and I remember um, one of the stories that uh, they talked about on the show is, so you have these two warring factions. I can't remember the names of either of them. A lot of these details just slipped out over time. Um, I can barely remember what my job is at the time. But anyways, um, so one member of one faction bring, is bringing his girlfriend to a company barbecue where the other faction is present. And they all get along behind the scenes. They're all friends. But the girlfriend and the guy arrive. And the girlfriend says, 
What are they doing here? I thought you hated them. And they couldn't break kayfabe because it wasn't public knowledge at the time. And so he's like, oh, you're right. We do hate them. Hey, what are you guys doing here? And the other guys, like, they they clued in, and so and a brawl breaks out in in the in the in the during the barbecue, just so that this one girl's illusion stays intact. Because even if it is one person, she starts telling people the whole thing snowballs, and next thing you know, the the illusion was over. So that was just like a t- an era gone by. Yeah. That's great. Like 90s, like during the Attitude Era when WCW and Monday Night Raw were going at each other during the Monday Night Roars, that was one of the best periods of wrestling because you had guys bouncing between promotions and ECW was running the time too, so that was like the third promotion that people watched, but it wasn't like involved in the war for the longest time. But um, when those two, when WCW and Raw were going at it on Mondays, there would be like millions of people tuning into both shows Wanting to know what the heck one show was going to do do the other. And for the longest time, WCW was kicking Raw's ass in the ratings. Because they had freaking some of the best talent back then. Guys like Bret Hart and Macho Man and Hulk Hogan would go over there. After the issues they had with WWE happened. Especially with Bret Hart and the Montreal Screwdrop. Which is a whole huge thing. I'm not going into details on that. You can find videos on that shit. WCW had... Sting, who was like, like the John Cena or the Undertaker at the time, and WW had Undertaker and Austin and The Rock and all them, and people would tune in to watch these guys. And like I said, it was it was a great time to be a wrestling fan back in the nineties. I'm gonna link you guys to a great video. It's only um, uh, it's uh, 35 minutes. Well, technically it's 34:53, <laughs> but we're gonna let that one slide. We're gonna let that one slide. Um, <laughs> Don't turn the and... phones, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend sent me a, a gif earlier today. We are too late. Um, <laughs> but it was all about the what you're talking about, the battle between WCW and WWE. And um, and the premise is, is that Monday Night Raw was a one-of-a-kind show, and it's not going to be replicated. So I'll link it to you guys in, in general. Um, and... And so for the listeners, uh, even for me, who I, 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 I have a passing understanding of wrestling by proxy, um, it was still a very compelling uh, 34, 53, 34 minutes, 53 seconds of, uh, of content. And I, I think the person think Emperor Lemon is like one of the best storytellers on YouTube. So, um, so Charles, if you're like, you're clearly a huge wrestling guy. So I think you would enjoy it too. It might um, fill some holes in your own history. We have Dale Jr. on your shirt. I've watched shirts. NASCAR my whole life. Oh, he also does some NASCAR videos too, so I think you'd really dig him. I cast in sometimes a rant video, a rage video of Kyle Busch Rex Chase Elliott again. Yeah. Oh, you, and, and since I was halfway through my Vince McMahon impression, the absolute best Vince McMahon moment was during uh, Beyond the Mat. It was that documentary they did, and the guy named Draws who was trying to get into uh, WWE, or maybe it was WWF at the time, and he wanted to be known as Puke. So he goes into Vince McMahon's office with Vince, the camera crew is there, and I think there was like another like vice chair or something like that. And he's like, all right, so uh, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to puke for you guys. And he starts like trying to vomit in front of Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon is going, he's got to puke. He's got to puke. And uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't, I don't, I don't remember him puking. Um, in the in the video, Lack but that was commitment. my that's, 
That's my favorite. That's my favorite Vince McMahon moment right there. He's got to puke. He's got to puke. Vince McMahon is part of the reason why kayfabe died so many years ago because he literally had because people are bitching complaining about wrestling being like violent or whatever. He literally had to do a whole thing where he said it was like where he openly admitted it was like it wasn't real. It was just a show. It was just like mm-hmm. sports entertainment and you know all that. I I I think somebody was going to have to uh, uh, fall on that sword sooner or later. Yeah. Um, and I mean, big thing to look at is, and this is one thing I go on so many times, it's entertainment. And like, uh, I, I sat there and blew my girlfriend's mind when she found out Dogged Bounty Hunter wasn't taped live. And I'm like, no, they couldn't do this live. They have re- redid everything. It's based on a true story, but it's, they have to fake the footage and stuff like that. She's like, but, but they got tased. It would be amazing how much a paper contract can uh really do something and uh so yeah she was like she was distraught so now all we watch is a live pd before it was taken off the air but yeah i mean I it was dark yeah you go ahead dude i always thought like dark behind behind the yeah, dog the bounty hunter was always like one of those things it was like it was filmed while the stuff was going on it's like the camera crew had to like not get involved or anything while dog and all that because they are legit bounty hunters. Yeah, they're one hundred percent legit. It's just a lot of the stuff, what stuff they actually fake. did. Yeah, it's all based off of real events that happened, but it's all faked. And the way they got around with that was, it all was real, and they could say this was all. And even at some episodes, they even say it was based on a true event or this really happened. They would even tell the cameras like. This is stuff that really happens. They're not lying. And uh, I know it really came out whenever uh, Dog Bounty Hunter's uh, wife passed away. Uh, rest in peace. But uh, that's when that. that's, everything really hear. sat there and uh, really blew up with them being like, this show was faked. Um, that no one hit. I mean, they it's entertainment. And that's a big thing that people can't wrap their minds around is, it. It's inter- do you enjoy the entertainment? Yes. That's what it's doing. <laughs> It's entertainment. You're supposed to enjoy what you watch. That's what they're doing. You know, wrestlers aren't allowed just to sit there, get in a ring. Cockfights are not legal. Why would they let people do it fist to fist? That's assault. <laughs> like, no, it's faked. Except some fights, like Charles even mentioned, some of them, they get out of hand. And usually a lot of the times you can really tell, like when someone gets punched and then just blood goes, <laughs> you're like... Okay, the rest well, of, let's sit down and watch this. The rest of, like, have worked together before and they actually trust each other. They will actually tell each other legit to freaking lay it in on me. And sometimes even, mm-hmm. like, when it's just two, like, guys have never faced each other before, like, they will literally tell each other freaking what, during the match, it's like, lay it in on me. With, and they're just freaking, like, legit. So it even looks like these guys, and, like, these guys, and especially in AEW, it literally looks like they're actually freaking hit, they are really hitting each other, it looks like. And I believe it! Because yeah. like, these guys still continue to do it like weekend and week out. Because a lot of these guys in AEW, if not all of them, are from the Indies, and they're like legit beating the shell out of each other for like maybe like freaking pocket change just to get so they can get to the next show. The the uh, the the ironic part of me uh, is just as equally uh, enthused at the idea of them like faking it, but they're so clearly faking it that you mm-hmm. can't help but enjoy it. Where they're like ah ah. See, I would, I would watch that if if it was like grab a chair and it was like, oh, oh yeah, woo! <laughs> like, 
like I would. Just takes a swing and there's like a whole meter's worth of, uh, of of air, and the guy just like spins around like a cartoon. Dude, yeah. that that's just lag. <laughs> that's all. That that's is. Times when people have fucked up a chair shot, but usually they're so these rubber banding like just hitting each other. <laughs> usually, like some, usually when it comes to weapons, they're usually gimmicked so that they mm. so that it still hurts when they hit each other with weapons. But oh yeah, it's not like freaking hospital where they half the time. Yeah, and that's that's a big difference. Um, but so we're not getting so we're not turning the gaming podcast into just a WWE podcast. Um, I did want to I did want to kind of like wrap it into an all timer segment, um, because the architect is famous on his all timers. So I'm gonna make an all timers without letting anyone know ahead of time because I want to know this should be easy for everyone to think about all timer guilty pleasure. What is a guilty pleasure that you do? And I don't want to hear masturbate from anyone, but I want to sit there and know like a guilty pleasure snack or like something when you're just like, I'm going to do what I do. Sit down and play something or sit down, eat, and you know, what's your guilty pleasure after like you just worked hard? What's your all time guilty pleasure? So masturbation is off the table? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I have to think now. Some of my favorite things to do when I don't have anything really else to do is just as I reorganize my diecast collection I have here sitting next to my bed or when I had a binder full of Yu-Gi-Oh cards I'd reorganize that every so often because it was like things were out of place and everything but um I also a lot of the cards I have I don't keep in the packaging I use for like freaking doing wrestling related stuff and I even have, have like a promotion that I do that I have I write down freaking cards and everything even for the pay-per-views and stuff and because I like to write and and you know, I like their freaking fantasy book wrestling stuff, you know? I also, at, at times, I watch My Little Pony, but that's a different story, and I don't need people giving me shit for that. Hey, you know what? Uh, this is a non-judgmental podcast, unless if you say and, we can judge you, and then strap in, boys. <laughs> We've but, talked about that kind of thing before, Jordan. You told me that oh, your favorite out of all of them was Rainbow Dash. Because he's fucking cool. He sits she. there, he has a rainbow tail. She. Oh, I'm sorry, she. I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna sit there and, like, put anything in a pony, but, you know, if I had to sit there and pick out a favorite, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Rainbow Dash. That got tails for days. Um, but, uh, all-time guilty pleasure for me is, especially after long days of work and if it's a cheat day, a bag of gummy bears, a small bag of Cheetos, and something like Call of Duty, zombies, something I don't, uh, stream. Just something I just sit down and it's something for me. Like, like right now, Minecraft's a big one for me. I've just been playing my like, Galactic Craft, Go to the Moon, stuff like that. It's a game I sit down, I do. It's a nice de-stressor. Um, but my all-time guilty pleasure for stuff like that is, like, gummy bears, video games, and honestly, cleaning. Um, because it's a big de-stressor for me. Because when you see, like, a mess and you get it all clean, it's so nice. And I, it may just be because it's my house. That might be a reason why. Uh, except in here. I have... I don't care. I will throw a Taco Bell wrapper on the floor, and it will be there for a year. I, I just don't care. Anything in the office, it's meant to be broken or thrown around. So, doesn't, doesn't bother me. Joseph, all-time guilty pleasure. So, just to confirm... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never, never well, mind, you know what? Let's uh, slap no, that no, no, back no. on the table. Everyone knows our guilty pleasures now. Thank you. Okay. Um, so uh, it's actually been difficult for me to get into single player games because my um, 
my my mind uh, has all of this chaos uh, swirling around. And so it's been very difficult to take my mind off things when I'm just playing a single player game. Multiplayer games, it's been easier. Um, I find multiplayer games actually helps me focus because there's another brain involved. And so I'm very much so engaged on on their decision-making process. Okay. Um, ice cappuccinos. Uh, I don't know how big they are in the States, but they're huge here in Canada because we got our Tim Hortons. Um, so it's, yeah, you got your coffee, you got your ice and the text. And when one guy tried to talk to me to the bro, you just get iced coffee. Like it's cheaper and it tastes the same. I'm like, no, nah, bro, no. it's the texture. It's all in the texture. The way the 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 way the the ice just manages to stick around just long enough, uh, and 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 then the mouthfeel, uh, it's yeah. So that's my my guilty pleasure, uh, ice cappuccinos. And then, uh, like I said, it, it's hard to take my mind off things. The, the one thing that's really worked out for me lately is um, me and a couple of guys in Arv's community got into playing StarCraft, like the original StarCraft. Oh wow! And so once in a while, I'll just um play against the computer just to practice get my muscle memory mm -hmm. um and so i'll put on radio or a podcast or something to listen to while i just uh fend off the zerg and yeah that's uh that's that's pretty enjoyable um, I like the and weed may or may not be involved in everything i just said <laughs> hey you know what that that it's works fine. out but um you brought a podcast i was curious what is everyone's favorite podcast and i don't want to hear about your masturbation <laughs> okay <laughs> wait that's off the table <laughs> okay. uh but what joseph like you just said about listening to podcasts and i don't need you to sit there and say oh I'll score her a podcast like no what what is no you don't have to like, worry about that <laughs> oh, come on. Even I have to hit a ball on the tee once in a while. It's all good. Yeah. So what what is your favorite pod? Like mine is Blood or Red Web. It's a uh it's a horror mystery podcast. Love I love it. It actually talks about true crime or some fantasy crimes they specify at the beginning. Um, I just, I, I don't know the audio, like the way the audio sounds, the music in the background. I listen to that going, I don't want our podcast to be like this. But I just I I hope that our podcast hits this for other people as well, and it's just I don't know the voices of the podcast, the sounds, everything else, just what do you talk about? Like I'll put it on on the background. What is that podcast for you? Uh, for me, as a uh, as a listener, like a hobbyist listener of podcasting, because mm -hmm. um, bear in mind that podcasting is also my my profession as well. Yeah. Um, uh, at least I assume after this episode goes live. And for me, podcasting has been a way to stay in touch with politics because um, I find that politics is not served in news media. Um, but, and also, depending on your viewpoint, some viewpoints are much more popular on TV. Some viewpoints, not so much. Many of my viewpoints fall under the not so much category. And so the only way to really stay um, uh, stay on top of you know what goes on in, uh, in, in, in the political space, which I do have um, aspirations to get into for myself later down the line. Uh, so for me, that's podcasting. So I listen to Dan Bongino. He's a former Secret Service agent. Um, I usually listen to him. He does it every day, like five days a week. I only listen to him once a week when I'm going to get groceries. And... Um, conservative just so you guys are, are uh, given a fair warning 
Not that I should have to worry about that, but that's politics for you. Um, I like another guy named um, Stephen Crowder. Uh, he's a comedian here from Canada, and he does a, um, a, a, a kind of like a late night show, but d daytime release uh, show called Louder with Crowder. Although he gets this, he, one, of, one of his like, so he'll have like a, a second, third, fourth seat who are also the producers. So it's a small team that are putting a lot of work in to make this, to make this really high quality content. And one of the guys that does that commentary is a comedian named Dave Landau. This guy cracks me up. I love his comedy style. So I will listen to the Dave Landau episodes of Louder with Crowder, um, which is usually lately it's been once a week. So uh, those are, those are the podcasts that I, that I go to. And then, uh, I don't know. I think part of my issue is that like, I tried to listen to podcasts that would take my mind off things. Mm -hmm. uh, like one of them would just be like, oh, this one was about Resident Evil. And you know, the, the fun thing is this Resident Evil movie came out before Trump mm -hmm. and Trump this and Trump that. And like a lot of podcasts just decided to talk about politics anyways. So I said, okay, well, if you guys are going to do that, I might as well just go listen to a political podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I could stand to listen to more podcasts more often, but again, it's different for me because it's my job. Like mm -hmm. I get to listen to podcasts for work. Um, I'm lucky in that, although I haven't been chasing um, editing gigs lately, I still help out any of my pr previous clients who do reach out to me. So one of them is a photography podcast called The Pro Photographer Journey. And so I get to learn, I've, I've learned some stuff about photography through that. One of them is called Wolfo's Press Box, who is a, uh, a reporter in um, Wisconsin. So he talks about the Packers a lot. So I learned a little bit about sports uh, in, in yeah. that way. So those are some ones that I've, that I've enjoyed working on as well. Oh, nice. And I, and I know the podcasting field, like you work in it. Uh, this is new to me. I, I now work in it. Um, but I, I think I think if anything, I became more criticizing on podcasts. Like you said, politics. I, I hate listening to podcasts that is not supposed to be about politics and they bring it up. Um, so what I'll do, I'll like we find, just did, but yeah, yeah, like we just did. Except yeah. we're not actually like diving into that, but yeah, um, you know, and then it's like they they start talking about all this, but they all have their equal opinions. I want one from one side, one from another side, and then one in the middle. I want one guy who's like, I can see the reasons you're saying this. I can see, understand why this is coming from here. Let's actually talk about it from my point of view and see, like, I love hearing like those kind of podcasts because you really get the the full side of how mm -hmm. everyone can think about it. Um, Charles, is there any Thanks. podcasts that you listen to? Besides this one, whenever I can actually get a freaking YouTube notification about it, freaking the thing on YouTube only has like five subs, including me, and it's like freaking. When the hell are we going to start getting some more people on that thing? It says how that YouTube doesn't freaking send anybody, doesn't send like any notifications about it when it goes when it's on. But mm -hmm. I try to keep, watch this one like any chance I can. Other than that, I really don't really listen or watch the podcast because I just I just never really was into it. I just like doing this one with you guys because it. Because I like talking about stuff with you guys, mm -hmm. and I'm just glad you guys don't get pissed off when I start going on my freaking tangents. Well, we no, never said that's that. Like, that's <laughs> no, why I want. Like, that's one of the reasons I I like having you on. You're like, don't get me started. I'm like, about I brought you here to get you started, bro. <laughs> you know that that is bad though. But the two people who've been on this podcast ha didn't say we like listening to our own podcasts. Charles, our guest, is like, I love listening to this podcast when I can. It's like, wow, 
He's more dedicated than we are to our own podcast. And I'm just glad that you guys freaking, I can be like a comedic thing to this whole thing and that you guys actually like when I go on my freaking tangents and I start going off the freaking rails. Yeah. It's catharsis. Uh, it, 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 it's really what gets me going, you know, so I can do, uh, my real guilty pleasures. <laughs> but, speaking of your tangents, though, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Uh, Charles, where can people find your tangents? Um, whenever I'm, I'm not, like, I'm doing any stuff, anything, I'm usually, like, making, like, video game-related content, or I'm freaking, what, recording my brother raging at Call of Duty or something, because he's freaking, is worse than I am at video games. And um, sometimes I do like diecast videos where I show off my new diecast I get from whenever I get can't get them. But sometimes I'm freaking making a rant video, a rage video about wrestling or NASCAR or something. Um, you can find all, all that kind of stuff on my YouTube channel, CJ Lone Wolf, which is almost at seven thousand, which is almost at like sixty-three or something like hundred views right now, oh. and it's uh, slowly start growing. And I'm hoping that I can hit a hundred subs at some point. Dude, you're you're on the climb, man. You're on the climb. Uh, so CJ the Lone Wolf, uh, Joseph, where can people find you, you and your intelligent big mind of yours? Thank you. Guilty pleasure, man. <laughs> I host an e-commerce podcast that does not go as dark as often as uh, I go here. Um, it is called Ecomonics. That is E C O M O N I C S. You're going to type that in to your preferred search engine, which should probably be DuckDuckGo. And I'm going to say, hey, did you mean to spell it like economics? And you tell them no. Not this time. Or Always the next say time. no. And then um, if you if, if people are curious about uh, where else my creative mind takes me, Frank, you know, get in line because you're not the first. And uh, <laughs> everybody after, after me. Um, uh, if you go to giantenemycompany.com, you will see an array of links that'll take you to where I've gone. And um, if uh, I could be arsed updated more often, that would be great. But I am doing the best I can with what I've got. Remember that love is. I, I, I honestly don't know the song. <laughs> okay, uh, sub, Sublime. The, the, they haven't put out anything in a while because the lead singer. Killed himself. I mean, rest in peace. So, um, it's, but yeah, it's, it was a great song. It, it's called What I Got. <laughs> oh, oh, that's why you're, because that's what, okay, okay, that, that was good. I, I appreciate that so much. Um, and then he's not here today, but he's really going to be, uh, helping out these next few weeks. So let's get him a shout out. Uh, you can find James, also known as the architect, who usually keeps his podcast going. We we kept going off the rails. I I at the beginning of the podcast I said let's ruin this, let's just make this not the same anymore, and I'm pretty sure we did it. So we talked about two of the subjects. <laughs> we talked about two. So you know what we we did it. We did it. We did what we wanted to do. Uh, but you can find the architect who's gonna be mad about this episode uh, on YouTube, uh, Twitter. On Twitch, uh, he's gonna be doing a lot on those. Hopefully, here real soon. Uh, so make sure you go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, me, Skull Hunter Games. Uh, I'm on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, now TikTok. Uh, I'm on there specifically for the shorts. So if you think I'm gonna make, uh, you know, me doing the Renegade, not happening. Unless if I get paid, and I'll do anything for five dollars. Um, so there's there's that. Um, and then the podcast. Where can you find? It? If you're listening to this, 
Well, you probably already know. You can find us on YouTube or Facebook at Skull Hunter Podcast. And if you're watching this and you know you want us on the go, well, how about you just go ahead and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. None of our business. Uh, and our sponsor, our sponsor, Anchor. Uh, you heard them in the beginning. You heard them in the middle. You heard them. Okay, you know we're sponsored by them. They they do everything you need all in one. Um, they're a great sponsor to have. Uh, they have so many creating tools that we continue to use to this day. Uh, it really cuts down editing so much. Uh, so really appreciate them for helping us out. You can get paid immediately. Blah, blah, blah. They're great. I shouldn't have to say any more. Go ahead and check them out if you're looking to start your own podcast. And boys, that's it. We have ruined our podcast. This is the greatest episode I've been a part of <laughs> my own podcast. Objection. Ruined it professionally. Yeah! Ruined it professionally! We spent more time on wrestling than this podcast we ever have in the past. And it will be the last one. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. But hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, have a good night, everybody. Goodbye! See ya. Hey, you know me selling World Tide Belt replicas for $6.99? Buy one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, Charles, get back on the pit sale.